Welcome to the search for real answers in a modern world, where challenging topics are met with honest and thoughtful dialogue. This is Truth Seekers Forum. Glad you are joining us today, and joining me in the studio as always is Pastor Andy Lewis. Hey, hey, and Dr. Adam Nye. Hello. Hey, as a reminder to our listeners, the panel guests do not know what the specific questions are, although they do have a heads up on the topic, of course. All right, gentlemen. So, is there such a thing as the quote-unquote right way to vote as a Christian, especially in this upcoming presidential election? Oh my goodness. Well, I, I mean, I, the first thing I can say is, sadly. Mm-hmm there are people who think so in terms of there is a right way and there is a way that is a quote-unquote almost as if voting christian was an adjective so right so i'm a christian therefore i need to vote it's a christian vote a certain way and that the christians are now a voting block and there's a thing called evangelical christian voting blocks right and all that kind of stuff and i i think that adds to some of the struggles that we're having even even in America right now, um, you know, and it is interesting to me when I when I do talk to people how it there's definitely this feeling in 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 people where not everyone but then people in in the polarization of the conversation that Republican is the better expression of how Jesus would want us to vote, or Democrat is the better expression of how Jesus would want us to vote. It just right. kind of depends on whatever stream of thought that you're in. Mm. And in either stream, whether, okay, Republican is the stream that Jesus would have me vote, then we purposely put on blinders to the other aspects of that voting block and how it's not actually addressing what Jesus would want. And the right. same thing for the Democrat as well. Um, I, you know, where, you know where my eyes really got open to this? It was funny. It was one of the presidential elections, and I think it was 2004. Mm. It was Bush Kerry. Mm-hmm. And I was on staff at a large church at the time. And so it was large. It was a large enough church that you had enough of a sampling of just different believing experience or sure. faith experience sure. for a presidential election. And what was fascinating to me was that was the election in which I think Bush ended up winning it fairly convincingly against Kerry or something like that. The Swift Boaters, I believe, was the big. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's how that was. It wasn't any hanging chads right. in that particular yeah, that case. That was four years earlier. Right. That, would be, yeah. that was earlier. And it was fascinating because the church was receiving phone calls the day after the election. And I was talking with the woman who was, you know, an actual live voice. You know, we now we live in the day of web-based phone systems, and so <laughs> you don't get live voices anymore. But she was receiving these phone calls, and she was telling me, she says, it's interesting because I get, I get one group of people calling in saying, are you guys just really grieving today? You must be just so sad that God didn't get what he, what he wanted out of mm. this election. And they were real meaningful about it. And then other people calling in like, are you guys got a party going on over there? Because God's man won. Mm. And I, and I kind of walked away. I was like going, wow, that is fascinating, you know, to see that God's man didn't win or lose, you know, particularly in this particular election. But it was interesting to see the litmus that people put over but put over that. Yeah, so, so what do we do with that? Because yeah. um, this particular election cycle has brought on such an 
interesting duo that it's have even rise more to the top of, now, of yeah. their respective parties. Yeah. What do we do with it? I, I would want to start by saying, you know, as a Christian, um, the one I um, I claim as having all lordship is is not running for the president of America this year. Uh, you know, it's it's Jesus. Uh, he he is the Lord, and he is my ultimate hope. So I'm not voting for someone I believe will have the ability to bring about the kingdom of God on earth. It's the first thing I want to make sure I, 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 I sure. recognize. Another thing I need to recognize is that the the New Testament actually has a ton to say about politics. Mm-hmm. Something that I, I just don't think enough Christians realize. They tend to think that, you know, it's only it's only interested in the hereafter. Pine in the sky by yeah, and by. The, the, the New Testament has a ton to say about how you live, well, about how the church at that time was to live in its world. Mm-hmm. The world it's addressing, though, is not representative democracy. There's nothing on how you should vote because there's no voting going on. Um, uh, so that's we have to kind of look at the political ethics of the New, uh, New Testament that church. first century context. And try to adapt that to our context, which re- requires quite a bit of work. Um, I do want to say I don't find it impossible um, in, at least in the hypothetical, that a particular topic or even a particular election be seen as having a Christian side. It might be difficult to, to decide which one that is, yeah. but it can't just be ruled out of court that like God doesn't care who wins the election or right. God doesn't care the outcome of this particular vote. Right. Um, no, th- there it is quite possible that there be a particular measure up for, um, for an election or even a contest between two candidates where the Christian church should see itself as obligated to uh, to one side or another. I think the gospel does force us to take sides for, for instance, for life instead of death, <laughs> for the valuing of all people rather than the uh, giving privilege to, um, to one small group. I mean, those are things. Uh, now, how that works out, it, within a political, particular political strategy, will take some thinking and some discussion. Well, I wanna, but the gospel I'm, I'm, does commit us yeah. to a couple of basic principles that that are essentially political. I want because I want to push the pause button on that while while you just brought that up and, and actually ask because we have we have one group and I don't know can we call groups out on this are we are we okay with that? Just say it. Yeah, okay, cool. So we've got that. we've got the majority of Republicans who are anti-abortion, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's for life in in a very specific way. Right. But we also have a majority of Democrats who are against the death penalty, which is for life. Right. So right. what do we do with something like that? Yeah. Well, and I think that the, that you're you're bringing up something that I uh, my call in this to all believers who might be listening to this podcast and thinking through there is like slow your roll and be more critical of your thinking and how you arrive there exactly. before you vote. Right. And and think about is this because my parents were Reaganites or my or whatever, and am I voting in such a way based on based on that? Because you're right, you know the Democrats don't have a sole handle on the kingdom of God, right. or nor a sole handle on everything that the devil wants to have sure, win in sure. the world. And the same thing is true with the Republicans. They don't have a sole handle on the kingdom of God, nor how the devil wants to win in the world. Right. And we've got to be super critical in our thinking because this is the thing that chaps me the most. It's not whether you're going to vote Republican or Democrat or whether you'd vote for Hillary or whether you'd vote for Donald or whoever will prove to be... Or maybe someone else. Or someone else, right? <laughs> well, however that play, yeah. plays out. <laughs> It, it's like 
just don't be knee jerk. Be thoughtful. Be critical about how did we arrive here? How did we? And and then again, by the way, it's not just a presidential election. There are other things to be voting for sure. as yeah. well. And 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 please don't bow out just because almost everything you're voting for is not pure as the driven snow. There's not a clear 100%. This one's the favorable vote, and this one's not. And everything is conflicted. Don't bow out. Hmm. Stay mm. in the game and be a participant as a citizen where you've been given that opportunity. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I think you're Devin. The way you put the question, it does it does helpfully sort of clarify the the trickiness of all this. Because yeah. while the gospel does the gospel's for some things and and against others, it it doesn't work out so teasing out where that goes. Our two party system is not like right. um, evil party. Versus good. good party. That would yeah. be really easy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, right. right. And it gets treated like it's like that because and, of. And let's clarify yeah. there are churches handing out voting blocks telling you this is this is how this goes. Right. Go right it, straight down this list. This is the good way to vote. And right. well, it's and like, again, no, 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 no. Hold right. on. Well, right. I only say no to that because of the actual situation within our political system. Right. Hypothetically, that could be possible. Right. You could have it, it there. It could be such a clean cut scenario that there was a party that did line up on everything the not just Christians subjectively care about, but the, the gospel proclaims is the will of God. Right. That's hypothetically possible. But what you're talking about is the critical thinking to recognize, I'm sorry, neither party in our current two party system uh, lines up at all well yeah. with um, with the gospel. There There was a major play in the 70s and 80s to um, try to clarify to the church that the Republican Party was its party. And uh, the Republican Party did make a bunch of promises that were aimed at claiming the church for itself. I think the record is kind of clear now that it has not been all that faithful to those promises. The things it promised it would get done have not really been done. You Absolutely. talk about with the pro-life um, uh, agenda, something that, you know, obviously that's a Tricky topic we could spend several episodes getting into um, the details of. But, yeah, I mean, as a Christian, do I value life over death? Yes, I do. Same time, the party that promised that it would repeal Roe v. Wade, even when getting some of its people in power, did nothing toward that end. Yeah. Uh, right. So that's where I think the critical thinking has to come into play where you say this is a tricky process. You have to weigh so many variables. And hold both sides and all people involved to their record. And hold them to what they've actually done, right. not just what they say they will and do. And if a vote comes down to a lesser evil, well, okay, pick the lesser evil. Mm. As a Christian who's like, I'll vote for a lesser evil in my time. Okay, you know? so let me ask this, yeah. kind of based on that. And there's a couple of questions that actually would, would stem from that. But one of the first that come up is, so is it sinful? Is it wrong if I'm choosing my candidate based on my own personal interests. Hey, if I'm going to get a tax refund, <laughs> this person's in office. Therefore, the lesser of two evils is the one that's going to put more dough in my bank account. Yeah, I'll, that's I'll a bite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's at the expense of like, I'm going to get a tax rebate, but what's it, but the, you know, the, the burden on the less privileged will go up. If that's the particular case, then yeah, it's evil. I think you know I go because um, Adam was talking about how you know in the first century you know there are there are political paradigms in which believers were placed and you know obviously they weren't the same political context as ours we're 
thankfully, in a very wonderfully different one where we actually have representation on how we will be governed. Mm -hmm. But, you know, let me just read it. Romans chapter 13. Now, so Paul is writing to a church in Rome who's under a much more oppressive political situation. But there's the, here's the basics he says. He says, let everyone be subject to the governor th governing authorities, for there's no authority except that which God has established. Mm -hmm. So let's just stop right there. It, whoever's in power, God has, out of his graciousness, they're there. So you, as a believer, we've got to underarrange ourselves based on that. These authority exists have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. So remember, this was an even more oppressive regime than what we might claim to be under. Mm -hmm. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right— and I'm, I'm thinking he's talking about good citizenship. But for those who do wrong, do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what's right, and you'll be commended. For one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They're God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, if it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience, this is also why you pay taxes. <laughs> hmm. um, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time into governing. Give to everyone what you owe. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Now, it doesn't get into the specifics of whether one votes Republican or Democrat, but there are some real principles that I think you know, encourage us to be studious, do our homework, listen carefully, don't buy into everything social media and major networks are telling you about what you're hearing. Do the best you can. Be involved. That that passage is obviously hugely important in, in the history of Christian politics. I should just point out though that it, it doesn't um, it doesn't in any way conflict with the places in which, um, like John, uh, uh, what Jesus calls Herod, you know, that fox. Yeah. Uh, th there is place for political uh, protest. I think even uh, Martin with, Luther King Jr. With, well, he wasn't actually in the Bible, but yes, I agree. With right, that. but I'm just, yeah, <laughs> jumping ahead to the, that, that being extrapolated out. <laughs> I, I just want to make sure our listeners yeah, yeah, know yeah. that Martin Luther King Jr. is not actually in the Bible. Yeah, let's be but, clear about that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I also uh, I want to circle back on the thing I was saying before because you're right because what what we're getting in Romans 13 is um, you know some of the the kind of ground rules they're not going to tell you how they're going to apply exactly in every instance and and so what i said before your question about is it evil for me to vote from uh, for me to have uh, a lessened tax burden irrespective of anybody else's i said before that that was evil i want to clarify um there there is a way of voting and i and actually i would say maybe the majority of the christians i know um uh, would sign up under this, the idea that like I can do more good for God's kingdom with the money in my hands than in the government's hands. And I have no problem with that. The The goal being that we're going to take care of the poor, but the, maybe that's done better in the hands of private institutions or private individuals than in the government's hands. If that's the conviction and that conviction is born out of some amount of observation and facts, um, the person I'm talking to usually can win the argument because they'll usually way better researched on that. And I'm fine with that. What the Christian can't do is vote and then it, it not just vote, but act 
in their whole political lives solely in their own financial uh, or otherwise interest. So I've got the tax break and therefore I'm taking the family to Hawaii. Right. I mean, is there anything wrong with getting a tax break and going to the Hawaii? No, not necessarily. But is there something wrong with just being indifferent to the poor? Sure. Is the reason I'm I'm voting for this tax break because I just is it because I don't believe in government programs to help the poor and I want to help the poor in other ways? Okay, go with God. But if it's, I don't give a rip about the poor, that's my money, you're stealing it from me, give it to me and I will do whatever I want with it. That is something I just don't think the Christian faith allows for that right. way of thinking and living. Well, and I think you just illustrated something I was going to even weigh in on. And I think that that is, I, I think we kind of wish, you know, people, I, I think in some respects, people sometimes, sometimes do want to wish that this is a right way to, this is the Christian vote. Because then I don't have to think about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Then I can cash out on that kind of exchange that I just heard Adam walk through on the question of taxation. And there's a lot of different, there's, there's, there, there's just different strands that you have to sort of tease out and think through. And I think that's what we're called to. I think we're, we're called to that kind of citizenship. Um, first of all, we're citizens of heaven, those of us who believe. And then when we believe, we're then put in a country in which whatever the political situation there is, is to to live and dwell as good citizens, and that and that requires you can't you can't be making your life decisions based on sound bites. And I think that's a lot of the polarization that we're going on is like everybody's running to these corners based on two 20 second sound bites, right? Rather than and talking points that get repeated over and over again, rather than thinking critically about how we would vote, why we would vote it, and and probably even being comfortable knowing that. Another fellow believer that I love may vote differently than me mm -hmm. for very for varying reasons, right, and that's right. okay. You know, go to their throat and say, "What? <laughs> you know, you didn't vote like Jesus would vote." You know. <laughs> so let me let me follow up with this then. Um, if we've got let, let's take not this but our our previous um, U.S. presidential election, right? right. And we had uh, the Republican candidate was uh, a member. Um, of the Mormon Church, sure, oh, right, right, right. Mm -hmm. and so, what what is the right thing to do? And maybe this comes down to the personal um, level again. But when it, we've got someone that may not align ourselves, or or quite frankly, be really opposed to what we'll call as biblical ideas and and and, and doctrine, right? Um, but that person's part of a party versus somebody that may not be um, even part of something that's remotely close to a Christian faith. Do we, do we factor that into our decision-making process? If, if we have um, someone that is for life, if we have someone that is for helping the poor, um, but that person might be a Muslim, mm -hmm. does that automatically negate our vote for that person? How, how do we weigh that into this well i think based on we have to we have to we always have to address it with these two things hand in hand we're part of the kingdom of god but also placed as agents of the kingdom of god as believers in a particular context and our context involves the constitution mm -hmm. in which there's aspects within it that i have to kind of tease out um you know how would i vote you know would i vote for a, a muslim or not but i I don't think there's anything, you know, keeping somebody from voting for somebody who, you know, is a like in London now. There is now a, a Muslim uh, mayor of London, mm -hmm. and um, 
I have to believe that really solid Christian people who love Jesus voted him in. Mm. You know, I, I don't particularly have a problem with that. I, I really do think that the biggest thing of all that, that my heart would be is don't tune out, don't jump to conclusions, don't polarize the conversation, think critically. Yeah. I mean, and what that means, gosh, is, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big, messy kind of scenario, which, so can a person, can a, can a political candidate's religion be a factor? I think it can be a factor. Mm-hmm. Can it be the factor? Well, I mean, clearly not. Right. Uh, there, uh, especially because um, evangelicals have to stop being duped by, um, or uh, really, I think all Christians, maybe all religious people, all no, I'm, all people have to stop being duped yeah. by candidates claiming to represent their personal faith when. Um, sometimes there's evidence for that. Sometimes there's not. And sometimes, sometimes the ambiguity of it leads us down unhelpful rabbit trails of right. trying to figure out, has this person really have a relationship with Jesus or not? It's like, well, that's not quite what we're voting for them as. Mm-hmm. Um, so can it play a factor? Do, do I think uh, what a person's stated religion is? Will have some effect on um, on their thinking, on their political values. Their yeah. character. Yeah. yeah, it probably yeah. will. Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, on character, they they could have outstanding character and be of any faith or no faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of what their stated faith tells me about their political compass, it tells me something. Right. It doesn't and tell was, me everything. Right. And but, I yeah. think you're hitting on something else. I would have said is that, you know, the question kind of begs the idea is like, well, I would probably more vote for this person because they're Christian and not because they're this other faith or whatever. Right. That's just too and simplistic. I'm not espousing that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Too, it's overly simplistic. And the other thing is, okay, whoa, slow down because the people that you think are being presented to you as church-going, right. Bible-thumping Christians over the last presidential elections – they are not all that that's being trumped up for you. Sorry. Pun. How could you know? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I, I didn't even mean <laughs> that was a mistake. But, but you know, um, no pun intended that that's it. it it's, it's, a, it's smoke and mirrors. And, and, and to be thoughtful about the smoke and mirrors that I'm dealing with when I'm voting for people that even though they're being presented as this kind of person, you don't know. Sure. You don't fully know. So let me go back to the the scripture that you read earlier then. Yeah. If, if God is allowing these folks to rise to whatever ranks, be it local, state, national, right. level government, um, do we need to vote as Christians? Well, I think I think absolutely. I think we need to be good participants. I mean, even you go back in, in scripture, um, you know, Israel is trumped off and they're brought off into captivity and prophet Jeremiah says, you're, we're all going to go off into captivity. And then God says, when you're there, and this was an outlier for them because they're thinking like, you know, we're going to get out of here. We're going to escape and come back to the land or whatever. God says, no, 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 no. Here's your plan. Your plan is take, put down roots, marry, dwell in the, dwell in the cities of captivity and be good citizens and pray right. for the and pray for the them. blessing right. of that pray city. for them yeah. and then you go back to the passage yeah. i just read in romans well this is in the context of you know an emperor mm. and rome having israel under its under its you know boot on its neck mm. and and which is nowhere near the oppression we talk about being under here in america to be good citizens and so i think yeah to to the degree that we're afforded the ability to be good citizens we got to be good citizens mm. and voting's part of that yeah yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I will say in the particular context we're in, there has been a lot of discussion about 
is um, is the place we've been brought in our two party system so that we have a Trump Clinton election. Is that a legitimate place in which to um, have my political activism lead me to not vote? Because I refuse to choose between those options. Yeah. I think there's legitimate like discussion for that. It's not an apathetic, I just don't care, I'm gonna withdraw. It's a it's a serious ethical consideration of the situation before us. Some are being drawn to, you know, third party votes. Others are saying, no, I I need to vote for the lesser of the two viable evils. I have my political sort of opinions within that range of spheres, but I don't find any of them. Uh, immoral or off the table as a as a Christian to consider. Sure, I think what I can't stand is when when, when someone tells me within a, a Christian context, like I just I really hate politics. I don't care about politics. I'm like, well, I mean, the word politics is is derived from the word polis, right. which city. means city. And so ultimately, to, to say you don't care about politics is to say something like you don't care about the people in your community you don't know. Right. Um, we we have to care about politics now. Does so. To connect it to your question, is it um, as a Christian, do I need to vote? As a Christian, I think we have to have um, a political conscience and we need to be acting on it. We need to be participating in our political system. There might be times and places in which um, loudly not voting uh, is the most commendable alternative, or at least that's that's a discussion that's been going on. I've been very intrigued by mm-hmm. um, that. For me to sign up for either one of these two party candidates is to sell out my own political conscience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, is the question. And it might shock candidate. people to know that I've actually personally met people who are Democrats and work in politics who desperately love Jesus hmm. and are trying to represent him. As much as I have met Republicans who are working in politics who've met him, and that probably blows some people's circuits because of. The polarization of the conversation mm-hmm. and the oversimplification of everything. Right. So, yeah, I, I, my, my concern would just be that, okay, let's slow down. Let's, and if you're someone who believes, pray. You know, as you vote, go God. I, I don't know. I don't know. Prayer like, as a political act is yeah, a very as a political powerful act. Idea. Like yeah. God, I'm. I don't know. And do I not vote for president as a as an act of a vote in and of itself? That's been part of the conversation because they don't like, or don't prefer, or don't think it's good for the country. Right? Do I vote for what often I guess would be called a lesser evil? Pray and then do the homework that you can do, and yes, participate. It is appalling, really, when you think about even that's a whole other conversation about the level to which the freedom we have to vote. Women, it's only been a hundred years mm-hmm. of suffrage in this in this country, and and yet the, it's it's appalling how little people actually vote. Right. So I mean, I'm like, vote, be a part of the conversation. Yeah, totally. Well, listen, as we wrap this episode up, let's just go ahead and end it on this question: um, Who are you guys voting for? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just Devin Cleffer, 2016. Yeah. Yes. You don't want that. Trust me. Trust me. Somebody told me Kanye West is running oh, in 2020. Years, so maybe we'll vote for him. There oh you go. man, that's that's an entire. Uh, episode in tune this, in for so. that podcast in 2020 wow. good night <laughs> well listen thanks for joining us this time around and we will look forward to getting back together with you in our next episode thank you for listening to this week's message from faith community church join us each sunday at 9 a.m for our weekly service located at 115 south morrissey avenue in santa cruz california for more information about upcoming events and activities be sure to visit us online at santacruzfaith.org or on Facebook at facebook.com 
forward slash Santa Cruz Faith. <laughs>